Welcome back to Power, Wealth, or Purpose. In today's ninth episode, Oscar interviews Daniel Privetera, a current economics PhD student in Oxford and CEO of the Kira Institute for Risks and Impacts of AI. They talk about Daniel's first startup, Streitgut, why Daniel didn't choose corporate after getting his MPhil at Oxford in economics, and he shares why he thinks that internship experiences should be as random as they can get. Without further ado, take it away, Oscar. Daniel, absolutely delighted to have you here. Let's get right into it. You studied economics and philosophy in Bayreuth, is that correct? Yeah, for my undergrad. And when you started studying, did you know what you wanted to work after? Not really. So I think I was interested in stuff that matters for politics and society. <laughs> And I was a fairly idealistic person and wanted, you know, was interested in stuff that would help me understand how things work better at a societal level and then potentially, you know, how one could uh, address problems and, and solve them. That was the broad interest, but there was nothing more specific. And then you went to Oxford after that immediately or? Not immediately. So I took a year off more or less a year um, and did a few internships two or three and importantly <laughs> uh, I went to Spain to study to learn Spanish where did you go uh, to Madrid and I definitely these are like the most vivid memories that I have of that gap year <laughs> um, yeah the internships yeah. were fine uh, and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Madrid was really cool and uh Yeah, that's how I spent that year. Okay, and then, wh so what did you do at Oxford? I did the MPhil in economics, which is the two-year-long master's program there. How did you find that? It was funny because a, a couple of people I'd spoken to before making that decision, so I had somehow managed to find people, mostly German people like me, uh, whom I somehow knew through connections, uh, who'd done this MPhil. And they all, talk, like, you know, almost warned me in the strongest terms possible, uh, or like use very strong language to describe how that was for them. Yeah, and I still decided to do it. It was a conscious decision, so I feel like I can't really complain, and I don't really want to complain because it was fine. But it was definitely like a very dry time <laughs> in, really? in my life because it was pretty intense. At least for me, with my background and my, I guess, mathematical skills, it was just very challenging for me to stay afloat <laughs> and, and yeah, not sort of lag behind too much with the stuff. So the two years, I think, yeah, I can kind of split them up. So the first year was pretty tough for basically everyone uh, in my cohort and, and for me as well. And then the second year, was nicer because they have this kind of cutoff after the first year there are these th three big exams and everybody's super scared about them and then the second year is more relaxed and you get to do your own research which i really enjoyed so yeah that's the overall i think first year meh, second year nice would you recommend it Wow, super idiosyncratic I th or like depends on the person um It's definitely, I mean, it's helped me weirdly, I think, 
outside of academia this has definitely sort of helped me i think to just have this in terms of the name yeah in my cv and some people i think just tend to respect you more for that i think yeah otherwise i don't know in terms of like academic input or or, or growth or whatever i think i could have gotten that somewhere else as well with uh less stress maybe and lower tuition fees but uh, yeah i was i mean i was lucky to, ha to have scholarships like pay for most of it so right yeah i think that a lot of people our age including uh paul and i or th there's a massive focus on um going to big name universities because it's going to open up all the doors uh, afterwards and, you know, you, you never have to worry about anything again. What do you think about that sentiment? My hunch is that, yeah, it does help, but maybe this effect is decreasing a little bit. And that's a good thing, I think. <laughs> I don't know. My recommendation to somebody who's like in this position, I mean, it's a pretty specific scenario to think of, right? But if you are in a situation where you're like seriously considering uh, going to one of these universities, maybe you have applied already and it has worked out and now you're like trying to figure out what you should do. Yeah, I think in terms of uh, the sort of signaling effect of it, probably there is something like that. But my understanding is, I mean, I don't know because I haven't, yeah, I, I don't have like enough data for that. But my my sense is that outside of academia this effect really is stronger than within academia so if people are interested maybe that's something i can tentatively say if people are interested in doing research later on i mean sure it matters the name of the institution but i feel like people just pay way more attention to whom do you actually work with and what was your research on and can we have like a writing sample of that and then look at that and outside of academia, there is maybe more of a tendency to just look at fancy and impressing sounding names. You are sort of on the line in between inside and outside of academia in terms of what you do now. Yeah, and also like in terms of what being enrolled. So I'm currently in the DPhil at, uh, at the economics mm -hmm, department mm -hmm. in Oxford, which is the PhD, but that is like on on pause it's a suspension of status uh, is what i requested and now i got that yeah i remember asking you before but do you or how long can you keep it on pause i think the maximum is two years and mine has been paused for a bit more than a year now and so yeah like i'm in between in the sense that i'm in this defa in this phd program and I'm like serious about it and, and excited about it. But at the same time, I'm also, I founded this nonprofit organization that I'm working on full time at the moment. And yeah, I hope to somehow be able to combine these two. Can you combine, uh, can you uh, explain Streitgut really quickly? I'm sure you've done it a thousand times. <laughs> so Streitgut is nonprofit organization that I founded in Germany. And our goal is to make public discourse better and more productive and we do that through social media content that we create and we want this content to achieve two things one we wanted to reach a lot of people and like 
be interesting and engaging. And two, we want that content to really help people approach disagreement in a more productive way in their own lives. And so we're trying to constantly try to find content that does well on both these dimensions. With an MPhil from Oxford, is that you could could you have gone into like the corporate world? Yeah, so I'm there's definitely people from my cohort. Was that ever an option for you? Now the I I wasn't super interested in it. No. Why not? I mean, presumably you could be earning a lot more money, which is one of the metrics that a lot of people measure success and and what what you want to try and achieve in life. Not founding a nonprofit, but just going into the corporate world. Yeah. So I think I mean I I definitely could be earning more money, um, but yeah, it's just not what I was most interested in. I think after graduating or even during the MPhil, I was pretty clear on that and was more keen to like find something that I'm, you know, genuinely interested in, exci- in and excited about, and that also yeah gives me the sense that I'm trying to contribute to something. It's like meaningful and and beneficial not just for myself but for other people and i mean that's to be fair that's true for a lot of jobs probably including a lot of corporate jobs you can like uh, contribute to a lot of awesome things yeah probably not all of them and like to varying degrees but um i just wanted to give this disclaimer that i don't think you know in order to do something beneficial (laughs) for the world or whatever you have to work at a nonprofit that's I don't think that's true obviously the work you do now you find a lot more interesting right than what you would have done in a, a corporate nine to five or eight to ten <laughs> I mean that seems to have been my guess uh, you know when making that decision and I, th- I still think that's the case but who knows <laughs> I, yeah, yeah you you don't know what the what the corporate world I don't like. know I don't know what the counterfactual is but yeah I'm I'm pretty sure what do you think people my age and my peers should be doing at university? Like, is the main thing, do you think, building bonds with people and trying to figure, like trying to grow by, by communicating with people? Or do you think it's um, getting really good grades? Or wh- how should we spend our time at university? I have a few thoughts on that. They're all tentative and like super subjective, but I think, or I find that I've benefited a lot from, yeah, that's number one, like talking to a lot of different people. Yeah, and probably maybe some like older ones, not even students necessarily, but also like professors and not being shy about approaching them and I mean the gen, you know, the usual stuff of not being afraid of to, to ask like stupid questions, uh, and so on. That I think is I find that important. And then another thing, I think I would recommend is just like experimenting a lot with like random projects and internships that are very sort of t- trying to have a lot of diversity in that, and not doing you know if you're interested in journalism, not doing one journalism internship and then the other and then the third and so on or like banking or whatever but just like trying pretty random things because I have the sense that uh, pretty often we tend to be too narrowly focused on a set of options or 
things that we think we're interested in or really are interested in, but we overlook all the other things that we might be interested in or sort of develop an interest in if we only tried them. The thing that goes for a lot of people is that there's some sort of a a pressure or yeah like an expectation that you should be earning a lot of money and um and have a high status job and if you don't do three banking internships then you won't get the job at the end what do you think about that like i, I can definitely relate to that to that i think at one point for instance so that's maybe the one thing that i that feels similar in my experience i had a um a few years ago i think after undergrad i in this year where i didn't really know i did a couple of internships da, da, da. um and there was this moment where i was talking to some people from my undergrad sort of cohort and then a few years above and i was suddenly getting the sense okay shit everybody's doing consulting internships yes. and i haven't done one yet so you know if i were to be taken seriously i definitely <laughs> need to do a consulting internship and so i applied to a, like a couple of um, companies and I did a consulting internship yeah and I mean it was fine in the sense <laughs> that I I didn't really like it and so that gave me like it felt like good evidence that I didn't want to pursue that further but yeah I can I'm realizing now I can relate to this kind of pressure and I would still tell people Yeah, I mean, if that's what you're motivated by, if you like, if you really want to make a lot of money and you're pretty sure that th this is like the best strategy for that to go into banking and like to in order to do that, you need to do a lot of internships, then fine. But otherwise, I think you just want to make sure you have explored more things be before you're done with university. Yeah, I'm in the in the process now of <laughs> applying to um to like those kinds of internships like consulting and da da da. And uh -huh. it's just like it's so grueling because uh you get I get rejected all the time and it it's not like it pulls down your confidence which don't worry, I'm <laughs> fine, but the it it's also just like fuck, why am I doing this? And I don't know, I think, like, the the main goal is, yeah, I don't know, it's, the main goal should be that I, that I live a happy life, right? But I don't know, I, why should, it, it's just difficult to find out where, where you're going to get that. Yeah, I totally agreed on that, I think. And that's, it connects to what I was saying earlier, I think because my at least my current understanding is yeah finding that out is really hard and ch the chances are higher um for finding that out when you like experiment yeah, with stuff yeah. versus you know when you just sit and think or like try to come to a, an answer just through reflection or introspection or whatever um i think yeah and that That too can be daunting a little bit, I think, to just uh, try out things that are, that feel very new and sort of alien to what you've been doing so far. But I think I I try to encourage myself all the time still to like do that every now and then. And uh, if I had like a younger sibling or something in university right now, I would try 
in a not too pushy way to encourage them as well. Yeah. On the metric power, wealth or purpose, how would you so far um, judge your judge your career or what you've done since university and throughout university? So power zero, wealth close to zero, purpose. Yeah, that that's uh, different. I mean, this is about purpose, right? It's not about actual impact. That's pretty low still too at the moment. But yeah, the sense of purpose, that's pretty high, I think. And that's been extremely motivating. So I've told this to friends and just like random people whenever I have these sorts of conversations. I definitely feel that in what I'm doing now, I think my motivation and my excitement about what I'm doing is just like, I don't know, five times higher than any internship mm-hmm. or previous thing that I did. So, and that I think has to do, you know, with a lot of things. One is that I started this myself. And so whenever you found something, it's probably more like involvement and, and excitement and commitment. But the other is, yeah, this sense of purpose that I kind of think this is like a useful thing to do, not just for myself, but for people in general. What's what's in the future for Streitgut? So we launched a bit more than half a year ago and are now growing our sort of follower base and trying to increase our reach with the content that we produce. And it, right now we kind of completed this like initial pilot phase where we wanted to find out yeah is does this even have a chance of working how will people respond to it will we be able to you know grow a following in an organic way without you know just paying for ads or something will people just want to engage with our stuff because of the content and that's been a pretty good experience and our takeaway from it is yeah people do want to engage with it and we've been able to grow a fair bit in terms of followers and and reach and so now we are thinking about ways for yeah just scaling our reach and and reaching more people and are starting to think about yeah unorganic ways in which we could reach more people you know be it through ads or corporations with other you know, orcs or people who just have a lot of reach, like influencers or many other things. So now it's like the moment where we're trying to explore how can we just make sure we reach a lot of people in the future. Right. Is, is it a dilemma in your life currently how you're going to square that with your academic future? Because it sounds like a pretty full on <laughs> time wise. And I know that you spend a lot of time. Yeah. So I think it would be a dilemma right now if I wasn't taking this break from the PhD but I'm actually pretty excited about there being synergies in the future um, because one part of what we're doing so yeah in that sense my previous answer wasn't complete so something else that's uh, coming for us with Streitgut is that we want to spend more time on trying to measure what our impact actually is. So we want to ask ourselves, Mm. does our content, like a video or whatever, does our content really help 
people who watch it, you know, have more constructive and yeah. less frustrating disagreement. And we're working with people from academia, like social psychologists mostly, or psychologists in general, to set up like an evaluation system for that, an impact evaluation. And that in turn, I hope, can could also become part of my PhD research and then maybe mm -hmm. the two can just be really um, synergetic. So effectively you can work on Streitgut for your PhD research. Or vice versa. It's or like okay, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I haven't done the logic yet, but it's there's definitely exciting room for uh, synergy between the two. Yeah, yeah, it's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, let's see how it will work. <laughs> What you've managed to do is, I, like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jealous of because you found your like niche and what you want to do. Do you, like, do you bring that back to you having done uh, many different internships and largely not being in pressurized environments, or, or how do you think you found that niche that you want to do? Yeah, I think probably it can be attributed to this experimentation thing that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So Streitgut evolved, sort of Streitgut in its current form as an official nonprofit organization evolved out of something pretty random that I had started as an undergrad. It was like a side project. It was really like, it's kind of cheesy, but like this one morning I just woke up and I had this idea of wanting to yeah organize you know town hall discussion events where people of all from all walks of life could just come together and then yeah. we would discuss these sensitive issues but in a productive way blah 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 and then i just took the momentum of that fresh idea uh, and yeah tried to make it happen and then a few weeks or months later uh, I had found somebody in Bayreuth where I was studying. I had found this organization that would help me set it up. And then I had, I organized this town hall discussion there and then many more followed. And then through like random coincidences, Streitgut in its current way evolved out of it. But yeah, it definitely feels like experimentation led to that. And just like following this idea that I had and not just letting it Pass. I want to finish it off here, but I want to ask you, do you have any like books or models or something that you that you use as motivation or guidance um, aside from the people around you? Because I know everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people have very helpful circles, but obviously no one can really emulate or um, copy your circle. But any books or things that you read um, that you found really interesting? So one book that was really important for me, and it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty specific to what I'm doing now. Unfortunately, it's not a general life advice book, but yeah. in some sense, maybe it is. Yeah. So it's called The Righteous Mind, and it's by Jonathan Hyde. I think the, the whole title is The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Disagree uh, About Politics and Religion or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jonathan Hyde is this moral psychology professor in New York and his work yeah has been around why people disagree and how this disagreement can go well or not so well 
Um, and I, I really recommend reading that book to basically mm. everyone. It helped me in giving me a sense of, yeah, how like, how tragic a bad disagreement can be in a way because people might just use sort of different uh, language and different frames to express what they care about when often the things that they care about could very well be compatible yeah, with right. one another. And uh, that was very formative and interesting. Cool. I'm going to, throughout all these conversations, I'm going to have a massive book list to read. And <laughs> so obviously book lists are never comfortable because you have to read all the books. Um, but <laughs> on the other hand, you never have to think about what book to read because you just have the the pile to, to work through. Daniel, thank you very, very much for taking the time. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Oscar, what a great episode. I must say, I found his career super interesting. He did this overly prestigious MPhil at Oxford, which he actually described as not being fun, rather dry and tense. To then start a project, he would have absolutely not needed this degree for. Um, I'm still a bit puzzled why he did that. But I really like these career choices. Um, hence the advice that I take away from this is to do a diverse range of random projects and internships while I can. What do you think? Yeah, I have to say, <clears throat> I'm very jealous of his ability to remove himself from pressure and just follow whatever his passion is. And he sort of, he's tried lots of different routes, as you said, but they don't necessarily lead together. I do think that at the end of the day, if he is able to gather lots of experience from interesting places, he will be able to sort of weave a coherent carpet, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree. He struck me as a very reflective person. So maybe that was the reason why he could kind of pull himself out of this pressure. Um, also, I was super impressed by the calmness that he seems to have uh, when it comes to yeah his career, but everything else in life, really. Um, what did you think about that? And what do you think about his new startup, Streitgut? Yeah, I'm incredibly impressed by Streitgut. Um, and I think it's, it's exactly his calmness that helps him with the topic matter of Streitgut. And then also in his removing himself from the pressure and just um, going through with the project that he's so passionate about. So incredibly impressed by Streitgut. And I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. And hopefully if that can have a positive effect, that will be um, fantastic. On that note, share this uh, episode with family and friends. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we've got John Barker, who's now retired, but had a career as a medical researcher. And he shares his insights throughout his career in um, uni in California and, and Argentina and Germany. So look forward to hearing you next week.